Okay, well, welcome back. We are here tonight for tonight. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's not here. <laughs> um, is. This is the last one in our um, sort of movement mini series. We're sort of trying to start the year uh, working towards a better relationship with movement and exercise. And so we're really excited to bring another interview um, today. So we have Natasha. Um, that was a, I don't want to pronounce your surname last name. I'm just going to get you to do it. <laughs> yeah, Corbett. 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 Um, I'm like yeah. Corbett. Corbett. Yeah, Corbett. I have uh, I have a, some vivid memories of getting called butt at Ah, uh, right, of course, kids. But, I'll do um, that. Yeah, but Corbett. Uh, yeah. Corbett clap. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um. Can you, for our listeners, just for those who don't know you, and hopefully many will, because uh, you're mm-hmm. doing pretty awesome stuff, um, but can you just sort of, I guess, give us a little little introduction um, as to sort of who you are and what you do? Cool. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tash. I have a business called Diverse Personal Training, and I'm a qualified personal trainer. I have an allied health background in orthotics and prosthetics, which um, has a lot of biomechanics in it. So I bring that to my personal training, which is very kind of functional and really, um, uh, yeah, I get really into the the physics of movements and and that kind of thing. I... Um, come from a place of lived experience also. I am in a larger body. Um, I haven't always been in a larger body. I've toed and froed. I've had all sorts of interesting and sad relationships with food and exercise. So I feel mm. like I'm um, at a place of con- continually learning peace I think is the best place to put it still learning um and uh yeah I do personal training two days a week I also have a policy officer role um so yeah I try and do things on YouTube um things online with personal training and I'm really passionate about size inclusive health awesome we've seen you in all sorts of amazing roles Tash (laughs) we have (laughs) yeah I've, I've had a few different jobs and roles so um I think the one that we all got to know each other Mm -hmm. through was through Size Inclusive Health Australia where I was president for a short bit Meg you were treasurer for a while Susan you're still there doing some amazing things with comms um and I think you folks have also seen a little bit of this girl can stuff that I've been involved love it yes um so good yeah Awesome. So, Susan, do you want to ask our regular question? Tash, here we go. And um, this is kind of our favorite bit of the podcast. (laughs) Even though I really also want to hear about you, we do. We are foodies. But this is, you know, (laughs) but we also know that actually the people who listen to the podcast really like to hear people talking about, you know, food with joy and pleasure. Absolutely. Tash, what was the best thing you ate this week? And just a caveat, it doesn't actually have to be this week because it is a bonkers time of year. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? What oh, day Okay. So two things jumped to mind, and I know that's very cheeky. I'm picking two, but one of them technically didn't eat. You can have two. We often have two. Drank, so like, it's no, quite yes. a drink. But the first one, um, I actually have to admit, 
were some fresh grown strawberries from where I used to live in Mumbolk and a friend came mm. to our house and she bought them and she said, I know you miss Mumbolk. I thought you'd miss a little bit of this. So these are from Mumbolk. So there was a little bit of like oh. that kind of connection. Oh, the little nostalgia-y. Yeah, a little bit yeah, of Yeah, which matters, right? Yeah, <laughs> and um, as well as like fresh strawberries in summer, like, oh, my God, what a so divine good. pleasure. Like Indeed. absolutely brilliant. Um, the other thing is, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but my husband and I have gone down a foodie rabbit hole and we found this YouTube channel <laughs> and we recently went down the rabbit hole on balsamic vinegar. So oh, we bought okay. a very fancy balsamic vinegar. How fabulous. <laughs> which now they can sem- get really fancy too. Like they can get super it's fancy. almost like wine. Like it's it like is. your grange of balsamic vinegar. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I learned so much. And I'm not gonna take up the whole podcast talking about balsamic vinegar. What the sh- stuff I can I swear on this podcast or no? Yeah, it just means I have to remember to tick the little complaints. It's you can absolutely explicit. swear to so you can and yeah that's, that's get fine. ready get ready folks um yeah. <laughs> apologies if you don't like colorful language because i use it a lot um but yeah the the shit that i've learned about balsamic vinegar um so there's like um proper balsamic vinegar which has to be from um Medina Medina yeah yeah but it also has to be aged in wooden casks for at least um i think it's at least 12 years that is balsamic vinegar and they are roughly um like a hundred us dollars for 100 mils like they so are, none yeah. of the stuff we're getting at coles is balsamic vinegar oh no nah, it's <laughs> my it's balsamic glaze <laughs> no what <laughs> but like it's useful but it's yeah it's so, still tasty it's still tasty exactly it's still got its use and i'm a very you know the salt fat acid heat oh i, I love that one. series i love so that much. series I love that. I bought the book um, as a gift for someone and I really didn't want to hand it over. (laughs) (laughs) It's so I've watched the documentary, I haven't read the book, and I will read the book, but out of those four profiles, acid for me. Like I Mm. love drinking, (laughs) it's gonna get gross. I love drinking pickle juice once it's done. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, and and like the real proper not just for cramp management or whatever they use it for in sports, but you you enjoy it. Oh, you can use it. See, I don't even know you could do it for that. I'm just like the Polish ancestors in me. There you go. Drink, (laughs) drink. So, but yeah, so balsamic vinegar. It's it's um yeah. There's so much to it. The one that I sampled that I really liked is an aged one you can get it from coles oh fancier coles one oh in a little tiny bottle little tiny bottle i've seen it i just had looked at the price and gone but it had the sweet profile the fruity profile it was a little bit um thicker than most other Mm. balsamics Mm. it would be i said to my husband it'll be a really nice one for us to drizzle on like some pizza i was gonna ask like did you put it on the strawberries because strawberries and balsamic vinegar was a thing for a while there yes i haven't done that but maybe i should and then Mm. that in, that would probably be the anticipated favourite food I eat. Yeah. <laughs> this right. um, oh, yeah, my husband's cooking at the moment and it smells amazing, so that may also be on Your best thing might be still to come. Monbolk <laughs> heritage, more, your more recent heritage, do you remember Monbolk jam when you were, like I remember yes, yes, in the yes, shops. Monbolk jam. When I was younger, but it's not around, right, anymore? No, it's not around anymore. I think um, I think I remember reading about it because that's how 
Andrew and I, um, when we chose to live in Mombog, we don't mm. have any friends or family in Mombog. It was a very random, we liked the Dandenong Ranges. Mm. And we were very fortunate. We we lived there throughout COVID. So we got a yes. COVID state. We also got Beautiful. significant tree trauma with a few storms, which was yes. yeah, wow. my <laughs> best friend lives in the Dandenongs, actually. Mm. Uh, Tacoma? She- Oh, oh, they got hit hard to cope. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope she's. She was in Sassafras thing. before, but oh. um, yeah. yeah. I know it's a beautiful part of the world. About, but your facial it's a bit like Lura me. in the right. Blue Mountains. That sort of yeah. Lura, It's not. Yeah. Yeah, Lovely. honest, honest to God. Like after the the, there was one storm in particular, um, July of twenty twenty one, um. After when they got aerial shots of what it looked like, the mm. Tacoma and Alinda, and mm. I'm missing out on one other one. It honestly looked like pickup sticks. You know that game of wow, like everything's just thrown everywhere. Pickup sticks with 90 meter tall guns. Wow, wow. that's that huge. Scary. Anyway, so that's good and the bad. Strawberries like. good. <laughs> Storms not so good. Sorry, I get off sidetrack a lot. No, that's how we roll. We love it. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's completely fine. But we should probably get back um, to the topic at hand. So this being the finale of the miniseries, um, I guess we'd love to hear a little bit from as to how you came to decide to become a um, Mm. body positive personal trainer um, and possibly also what your sort of top suggestions or Mm. what are the things that people, if they're sort of, looking okay it's 2024 and having those sort of beginning of the year vibes helpful yeah. or not they're around um what might what might be helpful for people to know to if they want to start doing something differently or want to sort of start mm-hmm. sort of healing their relationship with the movement and i know we won't be able to do everything in a podcast and you've got some great resources <laughs> we can try we but can we try, can, we can try. We can so try. yeah in that long-winded uh question yeah. we'd love to hear yeah what, what are your thoughts Well, okay, so first of all, how did I come to getting to body positive, weight neutral, size inclusive? For the rest of the conversation, I'm probably going to use the term size inclusive um, just because I... I don't know, I just go by default to that now. But I, we know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I was actually reflecting on this um, when I was having a shower the other night in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> and I was thinking there were kind of like um, three stages to my transition. The first stage, which was all the way of my life up until I was about 24, Five, twenty-four. Um, I was in proper diet culture phase. Um, mm. There were some people in um, larger bodies in friends and family groups, and um, I wanted to make sure I didn't look like them, or I was mm-hmm. trying my hardest to um, stay, uh, you know, straight-sized or whatever. Um, so I did a lot of dieting yo-yo weight on weight off and exercise pretty much up until that point there were moments of joyous exercise but for the vast majority of my life up until that point it was exercise is a tool to lose weight and Mm -hmm. weight equals health and that's that that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Then phase two of my journey was pretty much when I started um, 
getting really into I, like the new uh, grad goggles had started coming off in my um, orthotics and prosthetics role. So I was working as a paediatric orthotist at Sydney Children's mm-hmm. Hospital and I was working with a lot of people with cerebral palsy, brain injury and um, scoliosis. And so I just learned, once again, biomechanics, appreciating it and appreciating more kind of functional movement. And I have to admit back then, I did have a little bit of that um, ableistic lens still. It was, oh, I'm so glad of my movement because I don't look like them. And I'm so Mm. glad that I can run because, oh, it would be so awful to be like that in a wheelchair. Mm. And, like, a step in the right direction but still not amazingly there. Sympathy, not quite empathy or Correct. any yeah. of yeah yeah sympathy a, not empathy and, and such sympathy. a natural transition right yeah yeah I think that this idea that you can just leap from being <laughs> so heavy into diet culture yeah. to I am to so knowing healthy. everything and not to mention yeah. you can't do that on an individual level and you cannot do that on a policy level so mm, like I said I do some absolutely. work in policy so I'm really passionate about that as well mm. and the the idea that some people want to say policy change immediately, like, babe, I get it, it's not going to happen immediately. It's what we want, but we're turning like, the Titanic. Yes. It's, uh, the idea is Fiona Sutherland, it, chip, chip, chip away. Yes. Chip away. Chip I think away. The, the idea that you can do it without discomfort as well, mm. no, yes. it's going to be really uncomfortable. Yes. Absolutely. But you'll get there. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, in my story I did. So, like, um, at the phase two, like, definitely becoming a bit more a bit more positive about my own body, a little bit yeah. more appreciative of the human body in general as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within these phases, there are also many phases, but this is the overall landscape. And then the third one, third kind of lens was when I, third stage was when I um, decided I would be body positive because I heard the term and I thought, you know what, actually being in a larger body um seems to be quite tough and people give them a lot of shit and we shouldn't really do mm. that. Um, but I have to admit, at the start of that journey, I was still body positive with an asterisk. So I would have been with that kind of, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's hard for people in larger bodies and we should um, treat them fairly and we should give them better access to ways to make their body smaller so that they can um, be treated better <laughs> by society. And then you're like, hang on. Oh, like, mm. But that's still where, that's where a lot of people stop, right? Yes, yes. That's where mm. they stop of um let's be i'm i'm i can't even let's be polite let's be really kind while telling people that they must change their voice let's be understanding and kind yes and also or maybe it's make it clear that we think it's unacceptable (laughs) that their body isn't changing and i think that that is actually where a lot of um, public health policy is at. That's the stage yes. where it is at. Yes, there's a lot still steeped in diet culture, but I think there's a little bit more of an understanding now of, you know, it's complex being in a larger mm. body. And it's let's not just blame the individual. True, is- it's unfair how people in larger bodies are treated mm. and what they get access to, what they're denied. Um but, uh, yeah, I think that's where public health policy is at. And within that third stage, um, you know, at the beginning of that third stage, body positive with an asterisk, like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine as long as you lose weight, but I still think it's great that you can jiggle or whatever. Two, within that phase, <laughs> me being now like, um, oh, someone, oh, I forgot who said it. And I was like, I need to quote it in this podcast. And now I forgot <laughs> who said it, so I do apologise 
to whoever said it, but it's, um, you know, you, I've even forgotten the freaking quote now. No, it's like um, essentially it's about how everyone is not obligated to exercise. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it's great to allow that participation if you can. So everyone is welcome, but no mm. one is obligated. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Who said that? Sounds like Reagan Chastain, but who knows? It does sound like Reagan. Oh, I love her work. So she, she <laughs> I have to admit, she was a big turning point for me. Mm, me too. Really, Same. Was, yeah, really the data and science. Um, her, mm-hmm. Fiona Willer, who I know you guys know. Yep. Yes. Um, a few people who just like looked into the facts. Um, Ashalami as well is someone oh, else yes. who yes. does a lot of really good um, science statistics. And somewhere along the way, um, I also just noticed, like, look, this also just aligns with my values of what is fair. Like, mm. I, I am a very socially justice-orientated person. And I have to admit, I was quite surprised that it took me so such a long time for me to grasp that that's what is... That it's social justice. Exactly. Yeah. It, I think, it, do you think that comes um, because of that just pervasive belief um, that... Um, our body shape and weight is is fully in our control, and so we can yeah. we can change it. Therefore, if we're treated badly because of it, well, we could change yeah. that. I mean, I know, for example, when me being in a large body, when I go to the doctor's office, and if I have to not, if I know I have to advocate that no, I I need access to this um, colonoscopy, endoscopy, or whatever. Um, me talking about oh, but this is fair, it's my right, actually may not get me as far as, well, um, statistically speaking, I am at higher risk and I'm actually at higher risk because um, people in larger bodies are routinely denied. Um, yes. That's right. Denied or <laughs> scans and preventive. But, but oh, I know that, yeah, you know that you get further. People, ironically, people get further with the logical and statistical arguments than they do the social justice. And mm. I say the word ironically because I feel a lot of our society is not logical. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people who have, you know, double standards or um, follow, you know, particular fallacies are very mm-hmm. open mm. to being uh, like they're biased or, or they're mm. easily um, looking at, you know, confounders as well, but yeah. they're not, going to readily admit that and there's all sorts of reasons reasons i'm sure you guys mm. have explored as but that well. is helpful because people you know we often are talking like often i'll try to sort of take the advocacy mm. out of the bit out of the office with the doctor so by writing a letter or mm. whatever mm. um but at the end of the day that's you know often is my clients who are sitting with the doctor um yeah. and so that yeah it's helpful i guess that it's often is the statistics usually what i would often encourage people to ask is well, if I had a BMI of 23, what would you recommend for this condition? Yeah. So we can at least get that. Like, I know yeah. you're going to give me the weight loss bill. Also, does this condition also happen to people? Yeah. In a lots of inverted quote comments people can't see. Yeah. Um, healthy weight range. Um, mm-hmm. And if it does, what's the treatment for them? Yeah. Um, has been quite a helpful, at least do that. At yeah. least do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's a good I think that's a good starting point for quite a few things and mm. although I don't have any medical examples on the top of my head I also know that there are some cases like for example in fitness which I'm about to go into mm. so this is good um, but there are examples where that idea actually kind of does stop so for yeah. example um let's say um I was teaching someone to do a tuck jump for those of you who do not know what a tuck jump is I want you to imagine someone doing a jump in the air but they're going to bring their knees as high as possible so generally pre- people bring their knees to their chest their feet are a long way off the ground um and it's really intense now yeah I'm like I think I would fall over trying to do a tuck <laughs> jump <laughs> Yeah, it takes it, it's it would be quite amazing if someone could do it without any sort of training. Um, mm. but let's say uh, someone came to me, um, and let's let's pretend you know I am not a size inclusive personal trainer, and someone mm-hmm. in a smaller body came to me and said, I want to do a tuck jump, we'd proceed with certain things, and then someone else in a larger body came to me saying, I want to do a tuck jump, and I say, no, because you're in a large body. And then they go with the argument, well, what would you do for a small mm-hmm. person? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. actually doesn't That's quite true. work yes. out because the person in the smaller body does have access to different ranges of motion. And so mm. that person in a larger body still deserves to learn how to do a tuck jump. There are options for them to learn how to do a tuck jump, but their learning pathway or their journey is actually different and that's okay yes. so yeah, I do nice. think there is a place there is definitely a place for oh but what would you do for someone in a smaller body yes we should always ask that and it's a great place to start with because at least it gets people thinking oh I am have I at least yeah. the, one that, the one I always think of and it's only because one of my clients had the same thing at the same time I did so I had a hideous case of plantar fasciitis um and so I knew what it was and so my client's like oh I've been walking and I've got this pain here pointed pain I was like look not a doctor but I have plantar fasciitis like how you go talk to your doctor went to the doctor gotta lose weight it's like did you get sent to a physio (laughs) like did they look at your feet did you get ortho like didn't get any of the basics so in that situation yes but yeah the tuck jump I mean even for me like (laughs) I like (laughs) Rather large brass large. If I tried to do a tuck jump, there would be contact where you wouldn't want there to be contact and that's why I'd fall over. <laughs> You'd yeah. be like giving yourself some sort of concussion happening. <laughs> but like I re- I'm just thinking about when you were talking about that, Tash, you have a series, yes. I think on your YouTube channel and on your Instagram, of adjustments accommodations yes. for different types of movement. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much um, I loved. it started with Instagram and then I put a couple on YouTube and I have to admit I walked away from Instagram when I got sick because I was like, mm, this isn't helping me heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is not my I do intend to space. come back to Instagram a little bit. Um, I've just had a little bit of a break. I probably won't go as hard as I was going before. But, yeah, that kind of I did a series of um, how to adjust this for your um, plus size body from yeah. things like um, push-ups too. I also tried to take um, actual like trending fitness videos. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which sometimes was borderline triggering. Um, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes just like, oh, this looks like so much fun. I cannot wait to do this or my version of it. So yeah, fortunately... Cool. 
fortunately the majority were in that. You found those ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so some of them were things like um, how to improve hip um, strength range. There was one really good one with a foam roller, which I'm Mm. looking at right now. It's going to be a little bit difficult to imagine through the power of a podcast and audio. That's okay. Send us the link and we'll like people can go down and click on the show notes, but you explain it and then they can go and have a look. (laughs) Essentially, um a straight sized person who also has all their balance so it's also you know someone who's uh you know got uh their balance okay yeah, um, yeah. basically prop a foam roller sideways against the wall with one of your legs and the other leg kind of hops over and what that does is that that gets you to do a little bit of pivoting at the hips open the hips it also gets you to work on some hip flexors but oh, if you're in a larger fall body, on my face. <laughs> if you're in a larger body, it can be hard to lift that leg up because your tummy makes contact with your thigh before you get an mm. opportunity to swing the leg over. And this also depends on your strength. It also depends on how tall you are, depends yep. on how big your tummy is, how big your thigh is, depends on so many different things. Mm. Um, but um, I generally found like the simplest and easiest thing to do if you're in a larger body is you just lower the foam roller and bam, it's accessible. So there are so many things out there that I get really annoyed with when 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 trainers who don't take a size inclusive um, lens just keep pushing for people in larger bodies. No, 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 just do the sit up or do that mm. hip. Just you're not trying hard enough or just yeah, 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 your tummy's in the way, but like let's just keep pushing. And it's like yep. no actually you need to be better at your job Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you need to look at some more accessibility and if you don't know how to do that there are people you can pay for to consult with or hot tip ask the client is that really comfortable for you (laughs) just ask them is that comfortable for you and if they're like yeah it's not bad then maybe you're Mm, okay and you know it's uh, but yeah um, from a fitness instructor or trainer point of view, ask the client first. Don't ask them in front of other people. That's oh, yeah. I remember um, like in a the first time one. in a yoga class hearing the instructor say, um, if you need to make some more space for the front of your body, just yeah, like it was coming down into child's pose. Mm. I was like, gee, that's nice. Yeah. That's just nice. Yeah. It's just, you know. Whether it's bellies or boobs or whatever, you know, it is. like your thighs or you know, yeah. you've got massive quads because you've been doing lots of like that's going to be hard to come down to. Like so, it was just yeah. this really like the understanding that bodies moving. You're here that's quite might, possible. Yeah, it's quite possible. You might need to make an accommodation. Yeah, please do so. Yeah, oh, yeah, lovely. I I'm also I. I do think, you know, because I came into personal training with a background in allied health, so I studied Mm. anatomy and physiology and biomechanics. Mm. So I knew a lot of stuff going into personal training, but I do recall personal training, um, you know, they, I wouldn't say gloss over anatomy. They don't gloss over anatomy when they teach it, but it's not as thorough as it could be. It's not the depth. Yeah, I've had to do six months of basic anatomy and then another six months of functional anatomy and then another like and that was so if in a short ish course yeah just not gonna have time to 
absolutely and unless you go out of your way to like keep doing continual professional development to to remind yourself of it all um you I I I have the feeling that sometimes a lot of the time trainers don't provide um alternatives that are size inclusive because they actually they're not really aware of or they're not thinking in the way of a way that is um yeah thinking of all the different possibilities perspective ranges when this happens what happens to this joint and when that Mm, happens and that joint what happens to this one and so I'm not saying like in order to be a good personal trainer you need to have an allied health background but you need to at least be willing to keep learning and most importantly to listen to the feedback Mm. of clients particularly those in larger bodies who are saying like this is difficult or I can't do this without Mm. falling over or I just can't do this um yeah so and I think that moving away from there is one way to do this exercise and it will look the same in everyone yeah um there's actually a couple of personal trainers that I follow um on Instagram I can't think of the name um but they're actually there's sort of actually around size inclusion it's just in about like move, bodies move differently so about yeah. like you yeah. might actually want to raise your heels when you're doing a squat for, for this reason Absolutely. this you might actually have to rotate in this way and like Absolutely. rather than forcing everyone to do everything the same going you know, like depending on how your um femur inter yes. like attaches to your own hips like you might have a lot of internal or external rotation, rotation exactly which means you might not be able to keep your knees over your toes <laughs> without yeah. that causing massive hip strain like so again it's like well asking the client like i'm noticing your knees are doing this let's like let's is that comfortable that. is that yeah. comfortable because it might not be pathological just because the picture in the book says exactly you should be in a straight line exactly and that's just it like when we look at you know what is quote unquote normal that is taken on averages and let's also look at you know where were a lot of these averages taken from Mm -hmm. there are a lot of men there are a lot of white european background i have just had food delivered oh my god that's awesome saintly Thank you, Andrew. Oh, my God. Um, I'm just going to quickly explain. Yeah, I have some of that. That's, what are you with, eating? With a vegan ricotta and basil, and it looks amazing. And I'll quickly try it and give you. That's oh very important. God, really good. Mm. Hey, <laughs> we love good food. Does it overtake the balsamic vinegar that you tried? That's the question. Oh, mm. no, that's pretty good. And then I also have a side salad with pepitas, and it looks like fennel. And oh, yum. And that tastes. I think this is our first mid podcast meal. <laughs> I Hooray. Love it. I love it. We both, we both almost had a mid podcast meal. We were both yeah. like mm. eating our dinner just before we started. Yeah, yeah. But if I'd known that we were like, we could have just had our dinner together. Yeah, just like that um, like... Table Manners podcast. Have you yeah. listened to Table I love Manners that. podcast? I've heard of. I've heard oh, of. So it's nice. lovely. They're just chatting and they're eating and they're talking about what they're cooking and oh, it's so really lovely. Good. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I make my snack on this, but yeah, the pasta is great and the salad's amazing. It's very um, perfect, fiery the salad. But yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> coming back to this, so I think you guys also asked me like if I have any hot tips for people. Who yes, we'd love to get a bit practical. Um, yes. If there are some yeah things that that really stand out as this is really helpful, yeah, helpful information for people, either starting or restarting or yeah, I contemplating. Think- 
I think the first thing is like to first acknowledge that this time of the year, I know when this podcast comes out, would have been a few weeks after Jan 1st. And so some people may have set some goals and they may have um, uh, already noticed that either their goal is unattainable, unsustainable, something like that. The first thing I want to say to any of those people is you need to start with a place of compassion. Mm, It's okay. And just because it didn't work out now or it's been delayed or you've had to re-strategize does not mean that you have to kick that goal, um, you know, away. You can still stick to it or you can try it again with a different approach. So the first thing is, Start with self-compassion no matter where you're coming from, but especially those folks who set out a New Year's goal and it's already been a little unsustainable. Be compassionate. The second tip I would have is try something new. Mm-hmm. I really think it's important to um, try something new just because it it opens, up, opens you up to appreciating things you didn't realise you could do. So... I do recommend, even if you know you can't really um, maybe financially afford or time-wise afford to keep, I don't know, playing netball or lacrosse or going to the gym using the fancy pool and swimming, but even doing it a couple times just to see how your body moves in it, how you find it, um, it's a good way to reconnect with your body we reconnect when we go through a challenge or we go through a new experience. In the same way that you reconnect with friends or family, you you bond stronger when you've gone through something. So the same thing goes with your relationship with exercise or your relationship with your body. It's another relationship, right? So if you go through a new experience, um, a new challenge, you are already working on that connection and that relationship. You may find that you're like, oh, my God, I am all about lacrosse now and you do it. <laughs> I love this thing. I am cool. checking up fencing. Uh, yes, exactly. uh, ultimate Frisbee. It was, at uni it was Ultimate Frisbee. I played Ultimate Frisbee at uni and um, I would actually quite like to still play that again, I reckon. Well, we talked to Shelley Lask the other day and she said um, on the background oh. of absolutely no. Nothing. Nothing. Mixed martial arts. Uh, what? My tie, was <laughs> That's it? That's what you yeah. took out. Yep. 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 I can totally see that. And, and something yeah. about the beginning and, and the, the, the beginner mind in yes. that new thing as well. Yeah. It's exciting. It can also be that thing as well um, to work through any um, slump, divot, whatever word you want to use of motivation. So Mm. this is something that I do talk about a little bit and I am unpacking a little bit in an e-book that's coming out, has come out already by the time this... There'll be a link in the show notes. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Um, But that is the difference between motivation and drive and people get them very confused. Um, You know, motivation is very much about external things. So maybe a fitness challenge, which there can be body positive, size inclusive fitness challenges. Um, a lot of them too tend to be, you know. I was going to say, I haven't mm. heard of one, but that sounds um, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do one, we're up for it. Yeah, they just measure improvements in fitness? What? I know. <laughs> don't bring out those calibers. Don't bring out the scales. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. An enjoyment scale? 
is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, um, yay. But yeah, so motivation is a little bit more about external factors. Um, it might be something like signing up for a fun run because there's a motivation of, look, I get to raise some money for a charity. Oh, it's also going to be a nice day because my friends are doing it. We're going to dress up in tutus and it's going to be great fun. <laughs> that may motivate you to exercise and get a medal. Yeah, get your medal. And that's cool and that's fine. That's external motivation. And drive is kind of like within you. It's an almost compulsion. I, I take care with using that word. It's not compulsive. I think the best way to describe it is um, for me personally, when I hear music, my foot starts tapping. Mm, it is yeah. just something in me that is like tap that foot and then sometimes I'll dance. And it's like I don't I can't explain there is something within me saying you've got to move and groove and and that's drive. Ideally, you have a nice balance between the two with your relationship with exercise. Um, I do find when you get started with um, a fitness goal or you're wanting to get back into exercise and movement, it is a good idea to kind of push a little bit more around the motivation thing. So some other things that may be helpful is going to a couple, you don't have to sign up for a full year or even a month, but a couple classes where someone guides you, um, maybe personal training sessions, maybe calling your friend saying, let's go for a walk, mm. signing up for a fun run, whatever it is. Starting there in the motivational area, but you need to, for the long-term sustainable gain, you need to make some sort of effort to um, kick in your drive or to refer back to your drive. And that comes with observation. That comes with reflective practice. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I go to... No, that's nice. The, I hadn't thought of it that that way. That I way? Think really, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I often think about... Um, it is sort of having sort of intrinsic or extrinsic sort of motivation, sort of like the extrinsic because it is, you know, it's other people or this sort of this yep, external yep. thing. And the intrinsic is the, hey, I know I feel good and that, but I actually quite like changing it from the word motivation. Mm, I like the word yeah, motivation. yeah. Yeah, neither do, do I. I get... Drive. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. So for a if while. I know I'm going to feel great. I know, like I see water, yes. I want to jump in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It's it's this kind of like I need that endorphin rush and I'm going to feel it. That's the that's mm, yeah. whether it's motivation is probably a little bit more of, um, yeah, like other things that will help you get moving along. And I, for a long time, was preaching motivation is a dirty word. And I've actually, <laughs> you know, with some reflective practice, I've come to notice it's not, but it just gets the spotlight all the time yeah <laughs> and that is not sustainable you can't yeah possibly because what happens is is like let's use the fun run example for an idea if you sign up for one fun run that's probably a you know uh adequate amount of motivation there may be a couple times where you're like oh but it's raining do i really want to go out uh, maybe maybe not whatever happens happens but if you signed up for a whole year and there was a fun run every month you're going to find something uh, you're going the specialness to, is not there right after a, exactly yeah. exactly it loses its luster you end up also starting to feel quite likely like if you all you're doing is running and 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 nothing else there's a there's a chance, I'm not saying it happens to everyone, there's a chance as well you're going to do some damage to your body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a chance you get an injury or whatever. And this is where drive comes in and it's coming back to like, yeah, but what does my body want and feel like? Because um, 
you know, that changes particularly for women. That can change hour by fucking hour, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let alone yeah, every those day. Weeks where it's just hard, slog, and other ways yeah. where you feel yeah. like Which, absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. So this brings me to probably my third tip. Um, which is don't be afraid to chop and change things. I have definitely figured out my fitness personality style. If there's, you know, which lips <laughs> I love you? that. <laughs> which fitness style are you? Um, I would be um, definitely uh, change it up. Um, hmm. I I get bored very quickly. I go through bouts of, oh, my God, I, all I want to do is lift the heavy thing. At the moment, I'm into interval running and mm-hmm. I run for about 30 seconds and then I walk for 30 seconds and then towards the I end love I just running. stop hunched over for 30 seconds and then try and run. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you give it another three weeks or so and I'm probably onto something else and I go through cycles and that is okay. Like, Sure, if you're trying to rehab a certain injury or if you have a specific functional goal, yes, you may want to try and keep, um, a, you know, whatever specific exercises, try and keep them as a standard. You can still do that while chopping and changing. I mean, a good example for me is my hips. My goal is to just make them nice and loose and strong and, um, uh, you know, flexible as well. But I can do that with strength training and I can do that with running and I can do that with dancing and I can do that with swimming. The fact is is Mm. that they're always getting some sort of resistance training and they're always getting some sort of opportunity to move through their full range of motion. So it's not always about doing the same exercise. It's sometimes more about, you know, what is it you're trying to achieve and then figuring out all the different ways you can achieve that. Mm-hmm. And if you are that kind of fitness personality style that you chop and change a lot, like me, then being comfortable with that and kind of like leaning into that and owning it. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my third tip. Don't be afraid. If to you're that personality type. Nice. Don't sign yourself up for 12 months of anything in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's a gym that has Just in case. massive variety of all different yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. But that one's probably going to cost a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it can do. It can do. I think... I think, though, if I had to pick one thing that I'm pretty consistent with, it would be dancing. It's just um, can I financially afford it? (laughs) You know, I think, um, you know, I grew up doing ballroom dancing and then when I was in my early 20s I did a lot of swing dancing. And that was fun for all sorts of reasons. Like there was social stuff. Can I describe like probably the best so now, and this is, you know, when I talked about those phases of me being introduced into body positivity and all that, this was solidly in the middle um, when I would go to swing dancing uh, gatherings and they would, like, people would bring cakes and pies and all this amazing food and it would be at some, I don't know, middle of nowhere. I think one party was at someone's house and they just had swing music on and people would dance and then they'd break and then they'd dance and then they'd break and then there was just Fantastic. like a food table, which was actually a dessert table, and there was like pie and cake and other cake and chocolates and it was just amazing to be able to go to somewhere where it 
you were exercising without even realizing you were yeah exercising. yeah you it dance you're not going to exercise like, yeah but then everyone was like did you try that triple yeah. like that was quite <laughs> hungry after having danced yeah yeah no there were definitely um there were definitely oh i just need a minute <laughs> like yeah go down a bit there were definitely a few of those but yeah, like, um, yeah cool. Yeah, and I guess maybe, um, look, I have so many tips, but I'm trying to kind of keep them concise and really kind of, um, yeah, appropriate to, you know, the new year and all that. I mm, think yeah. maybe a fourth one as well, this probably is one um, that people don't think a lot at this time of the year, but believe me, it's going to come in handy as everything comes back to normal and routine. Oh, and, yes. that. <sighs> and that is don't be afraid to amp up your um incidental movement there are some days where the schedule is just so busy or you are thinking you know what is going to be the healthiest thing for me right now get some more sleep or get up and go for a run and sometimes maybe you'll sometimes make sleep the right has call. To win. yeah sometimes sleep has to win sometimes exercise has to win sometimes you make the right call and it's wonderful and sometimes you make the wrong call and you regret it and that's life and that's okay and you know you've made the wrong call a bit later yeah and that's and, fine and that's okay and it helps you next time exactly exactly yes it's, it's like it's a, all evidence it, yes it's it? evidence it's a data point that you can use yep. in the future yep. yes because yeah. other times you go oh no that was totally the right call yeah to sleep yeah. to stay to stay in bed to get that extra half an hour and other times it's like oh actually yeah that didn't make me feel better and it yeah and so on those days where, you know, sleep needs priority or, or whatever mm. it is, maybe, I don't know, it's parent-teacher interview time or it's crazy at work, whatever it is, um, don't be afraid to, like, kind of amp up the incidental movement. So if you have some cleaning scheduled, I <laughs> personally love to listen to some heavy metal and clean and nice. really to the beat of the of um you know the music <laughs> i am cleaning and scrubbing that shower and then it's how fast can i run from the bathroom to the kitchen and it's like but that's cool. okay so incidental movement cleaning i feel like is easiest gardening can also work but you know you can also um you know i when i brush my teeth i try and use that timer in my toothbrush every 30 seconds to tell me to change a stretch for my hips so i stretch uh-huh. my hips that's when i one. usually do my physio exercises i brush my teeth anyway i'll stand on one leg and do the yeah. like hip stabilizing thing <laughs> during, until um, when i'm brushing my teeth too <laughs> yeah. during covid a friend of mine was sort of just doing some online you know she was putting out some videos of her own exercises she has a little gym and um I did a, I did a, um, I have a 10 kilo washing machine and I did like a sort of undies and socks and like there was 10 kilos of that. Mm. It was a lot. And like I did a sort of, I was like hang one thing at a time, not you know, normal handful of pegs and a handful of stuff and a squat, squat down to the basket, pick it up, hang it, Uh, squat down. And then if I dropped something, I had to do two squats. It was like my own little leg just to entertain myself. (laughs) Gee, my legs are sore the next day. I Holy bet they moly. were. <laughs> we haven't done them for a while. Okay, yeah. Well. But that's, a but that's one. what I've been doing as well in now because I was talking to you, Meg, like just some like little strength, little bits, like while kettle mm. boils, do 10 squats or like that sort of semi stretched across the kitchen between the benches mm. push up. <laughs> mm. oh, I've got one for you now and one for anyone who's listening right now. You can all awesome. do it. 
let's all do some kegels right now. Ah, oh, yes. Of course. Yes. I'm doing very that. Can important. you tell? <laughs> yep. Yeah, can you tell? Well, actually, no. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the eyebrows went up. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong muscles, Susan. <laughs> Not a facial exercise. <laughs> but, yeah, I actually um, had a client who uh, she has a um, type of arthritis and one of the things, you know, she was um, saying that she was really concerned about was that she was decreasing her range in her ankles, which meant her knees copped a lot of stuff. Mm. And she's like, but I sit at a desk job. Like, what can I do? I mean, I train with you, but I'm just so busy. And I'm like, is there some sort of... Um, thing we can use with your work I don't know if it's meeting I don't know if it's when you check your inbox I don't know something but it triggers a reminder for you to just roll your ankles one way then roll them the other and we did that for about two months and she reported like with that alongside me training her for I think half an hour once a week massive improvement in her Mm. ankle range less pain in her knees incredible yeah and this is a thing like you don't have to go super hard or or do a lot in order to get a lot of benefit and this might not be a a tip this is more of I think some sage advice that um (laughs) you know if you have a goal around flexibility or strength or endurance Yes, you do need to challenge yourself in order to grow that muscle or to grow that endurance, which technically is just heart muscle, actually. That's what endurance is, cardio endurance anyway. But um, but actually what's more important than anything is uh, sustainability and reproducibility. You need to be doing it, if you can, yeah. something almost every second day or so or every day, depending on what it is, like rolling your ankles around or stretching every day is fine. Strength training every day, probably a bit much. But consistency is key. And if the key to your consistency is toning it down or, you know, not doing it um you know, as hard and fast every session, if that keeps you consistent, yeah, that will probably give you better outcomes mm. than, than thinking you have to do it perfectly and then perfectly smashing yourself or, yeah. or doing all the doing exercises mm. that you have to do. Bloody hell, it's a hard day, do one, you know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. And some days, again, in that with that same that sort of drive and motivation, some days the first exercise will make you want to keep going. And other yes. days it'll be like, yeah, all I've got in me today is one. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. And so that's a really, that's a really, really good one, actually. That's a brilliant um example, Meg. Like sometimes the motivation can be, I'm just gonna do the warm-up, or I'm just gonna do one repetition. And the motivation there is that it's short time, so you get your time back or you can rest, etc. But once you've exercised and you do that check-in with yourself drive may kick in and it may say no this is nice and you've got energy now you can stay here or Mm. a different type of drive may come in your rest drive may come in i need to go and sit on the couch drive (laughs) yeah (laughs) which drive is kicking in Mm, exactly but um yeah they're probably lovely they're probably my main tips and ideas i think Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, Now, can you tell us, you mentioned it and we know about it, but our listeners might not. Can you just tell us a little bit about the This Girl Can campaign and your involvement with that? Yeah, so This Girl Can Victoria is a campaign in the state of Victoria. It was 
um, a beautiful pinch and perfect idea that they pinched and perfected from the English This Girl Can campaign. Lovely. So This Girl Can is about uh, helping to motivate um, women of all backgrounds, sizes, ages, abilities to exercise more. It generally comes from a lens of body positivity and size inclusivity and um, I think for that reason it should really be commended and highlighted because it is, at least to my knowledge, the first public health promotion campaign of its kind where it's not talking about diet or weight mm -hmm. or size. Mm -hmm. it's And you watch the ads and it makes you want to move. Exactly. Yes. It does make you want to move. It's so inspiring. Yes. I want to join a soccer team. I want to go for a swim. Absolutely. so good. <laughs> because they're all, um, quote, unquote, real women. They're not models. Yeah. Instagram. Fitstagram? That's a new word. Fitstagram. Well, look, there's plenty of. <laughs> you know what I mean. What do they um, call them? You know, fitfluencers. Fitfluencers. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, real people with um, also busy schedules and, and mum life and some of them, you know, particularly for the This Girl Count Victoria campaign, they really tried to give these women, um, these ambassadors, an opportunity to talk about their specific story so other people may connect. So yeah. there's um, a few mums there saying that they had to learn that it was not selfish to take mm -hmm. some time out of their day for them and to move, whether it be run, yoga, strength training, They were not being selfish. They were not being bad mothers. They were being good mothers because they were taking some time to care for themselves so that they could care for their children. And, and it's an amazing thing to model. It is. Mm, Absolutely yeah. it is, yeah. That it, your your time and your well-being is valuable and, yes. like, yeah, for our yeah. kids to see that I think is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were some people with stories around um, how, you know, they were looking for community and friendship and mm -hmm. they found that. Um, some people, um, you know, who have gone through uh, um, operations uh, for, um, you know, uh, transgender, so mm -hmm. becoming a female, so learning how to reconnect with their bodies, so swimming was great for them, or they went through a traumatic accident, so um, dancing was great for them. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, shared my story pretty much from the perspective of like a body positive personal trainer. Um, so someone in a larger body who, you know, likes to keep things flexible. And if I've got my period, I'm very unlikely to be doing cardio, but I do <laughs> love cardio. And yes, Fat people like cardio. Fat people love cardio. <laughs> What a shocker. Yeah, you can. Mm. Um, and all of that. Uh, so it has kind of two streams, the campaign. There's the ambassadors um, who I'm one of them, sharing their story, um, hoping to motivate and inspire people. And then there was um, uh, supporters, which I also was um, to begin with. And they're fitness clubs, sporting clubs, institutions, who take the message and then try and do something with their services to make it more accessible to women. So maybe they offer free childcare or discounted childcare. Um, maybe they offer um, come and try, so it's obligation free. Maybe they have um, more sessions during a certain time to allow yeah. a particular demographic to come along. Maybe they get people in larger bodies to come and demonstrate movements so that, yeah, people can feel like they have different different their accessibility needs are met um and it had so, a decent impact too because they yes. 
Yes. The impact and it really yes. increased uptake in physical activity among women. It was amazing. Yes. yes. I think it was something like, I'm going to quote it wrong, but let's put the link in. Yes. Thing. Um, yeah. I have a stitch Writing it on my link page. list. It's going to have a lot this one. This is great. Yeah, right. it is. It's <laughs> true that it hasn't like, like with that impact, um, but it it's not like this, you know, stupidly well-known national, mm. like, you know, like, yeah. Why? I know you said right at the beginning. Policy takes time. Policy <laughs> takes <laughs> time. Policy takes time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is. It is really good to see this. It's good to see that they um did track the outcomes of this. Yeah. Um, so checking if people were still exercising after viewing the campaign. Mm. Um, and yeah, like people did and if it motivated people, also if FITSPO motivates people and it's something like, um, no, 9 yeah. out of 10 Victorians anyway, Victorian women, so they don't find FITSPO motivation, mm. but something like 9 out of 10 women who saw the Vic, This Girl Can Vic yeah. and said they were mm. motivated by that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny what diversity does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well I'm like just uh, follow the evidence base. I know, oh, yes. right? You're keeping so us I'm on just track, aren't you? the time. I am it's my job tonight. I'm keeping us on track. Um yeah. so you where do you so you obviously see people in person? Where Actually, are you? I oh you don't. I don't I don't, you don't I'm, anymore. I'm open to it. If if you're in Frankston or Mornington, I would be open to it, but it would have to be a little bit uh we'd have to work something out. But I see people on Tuesdays and Fridays. I mainly train online. Online. Um, Fantastic. Oh good. Well that well, means people don't so need good. to be in Frankston or the Mornington. Yes. Um <laughs> and I train even people from Canada. So oh, oh. wow. Yep, there's no reason why I can't. If the times match up, they match up. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Fantastic. Um, I have a YouTube channel, an ebook which has um, just been yes. launched, which there will be links for. Definitely, and we'll put them introducing um, two new services. One for um, people who are new to movement and new to size inclusive and body positivity. Um, kind of models. Nice. And so no those, stupid questions and, and no questions and, and, and being in trouble for, for yeah questions yeah. and so I've I've I'm introducing that service in February and there's also another service in February I'm introducing, um, and that is for people who are new to movement or getting back into movement after a while, but they do know about size inclusive health. They know the whole shtick. I don't have to go through it with them, <laughs> but they are kind of like learning maybe about their body or just getting yeah. back into it for that motivation yeah. that with some support about. and yeah great yeah. oh that's really exciting because I think it is um it can be really important to actually have places for both of those things yes um because people need to yes. learn somewhere yes. but uh, you know for someone who's done a lot of work it can be a bit frustrating or triggering or it can just be. not what they want in that yeah. space from their moving yeah. exactly for other people it can be really exactly. helpful so yeah that's, that's why i've done the two do they have names idea. do these things have names yet? um <laughs> no jane <laughs> and john no yeah. <laughs> um they will be something uh around like uh uh an eight-week program um okay that's yeah. how long it'll be eight weeks it's one personal training session, one group session, and access to the ebook. Both of them get that, but it's just one. The group session cool. is a little bit more. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll yeah we'll shove all the links and um, get people to your website for that, which is 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, helping us, I guess, round out our mini movement series. Yeah, Um, thank you. And thanks for doing this. I think it's really important to have all these conversations and I heard a little bit about, um, I heard some of Shelley's from the other day and I think there are good conversations being had here and thank you to both of you for opening it up to people and and bringing it to um yeah the world and just letting people know that there is a different way to move it does not have to be the way that uh society generally tells us the fitspo way Mm -hmm. we don't have to do the fitspo way absolutely i know i was was just trying to wrap it up and now i'm adding a story but (laughs) i have the microphone and you will listen to what i say Um, this is my podcast. It was a first friend who was saying like when he was sort of at his most cut and built and like oh. sort of doing like bodybuilding, he couldn't run 200 meters. That, um, he's like, ben I was Carpenter? not fit. Yeah. He's like, I yeah. was not fit. Yeah. Um, I was really good at lifting weights six times very slowly. Like yes. <laughs> that's what I could do. Yeah. Um, and yet that he was sort of held up as this like, Fitness, and then when went through some health stuff and wasn't all of a sudden it's like oh no you're not fit so yeah. fitspo not inspiring and not necessarily in fit no, no. so let's let's not do that yeah. yeah yeah let's look at the other other possibilities absolutely indeed yeah. fantastic well, thank, thank you ladies. so much tash it's so <laughs> lovely to have talked to you Enjoy your dinner. I will <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going to look out for that uh, balsamic Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs>